0: Interchangeable White Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Today, our essential question is something I'm really excited about discussing, and Mm -hmm. that is why is it important to decolonize your bookshelf, and how do you do it?
1: Our guest today is Kristen Sierra. She is from Tacoma. Born and raised here, and she is a Lincoln teacher librarian, which is the coolest job title ever. <laughs> and also, she's a TPS mom, so she has um, super awesome kids in the school district. I've met them; I can verify that they are super awesome. Um, and yeah, she's going to talk to us about books today. Welcome to the show. Thank Welcome. you so much for inviting me. Yeah. I'm thrilled to
2: be here. Awesome. We're so excited.
0: We're really to have happy you here. to
1: have you. Yeah. Thank you so
0: all. let's start first with I thought was a very like teacher librarian kinds of question. Um, <laughs> If you could describe yourself in three words, what would they oh, mean? My word.
2: She okay, didn't maybe. have any warning, by the way. <laughs>
0: Adjectives.
2: Okay. Um, I would say um, positive, curious, mm-hmm. um, maybe hopeful. Ooh,
0: those are I guess good hopeful words. and those positive are, really are pretty similar. So positive. Why would you describe yourself as positive? I
2: just try to always be optimistic about life in general and um, people's intentions, even though sometimes that can um, lead me the wrong way. But um, I just find that if I stay there mentally, Mm. I can get through life better. Yeah. Um, Mm. And I'm just happier. Um, Yeah. So I guess just looking at the bright side of things and trying to give people the benefit of the doubt, Mm -hmm. um, just always choosing kindness and um, choosing my words carefully, making sure that I'm speaking positively about others and um, about my own beliefs, in a way. That's so. awesome.
0: And then you add your second word, was curious. Curious, yeah. Yeah, why do you describe yourself as um, curious? I'm always,
2: I'm always reading, um, trying to find out information about anything, everything. I'm shocked, Um, you are a (laughs) leader. Yes, Um, and so I guess curious, like I I always wanna ask questions Mm -hmm. um, to people um, about things. I'm always looking for good sources um, to back up um, different issues that I'm interested in to make sure that I'm um, giving correct information to others and to students who depend Mm -hmm. on me. Um, So that's why I would say curious.
0: And why are you so hopeful?
2: I'd say hopeful because, again, I just – that's how I choose to live my life and how to get through life. I think um, it's really difficult to face every day without some level of hope. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for um, the investments that myself and my colleagues are making in the lives of students. Um, I'm hopeful for the future um, for my own children and Mm -hmm. investing in them every day. I think that sums it up. Yeah. I like that
1: because I am hopeful that our – I mean, the Lincoln Library has always been an awesome, like, gem in our building. But I'm hopeful about the future of our library because you're our librarian. I keep on, like, bragging. Hi. All my kids are like, have you been to the library? I'm like, yeah, have you seen the beanbag chair? Did you see all this cool stuff? It's, like, so great. And, like, we've just been talking about how great the library is. So we're really happy to have you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate
2: that.
0: So can you tell us a little bit about how you became a teacher librarian like, why did you even go into education? Um, yeah, tell yes. us about that. What's
2: your story? Um, I, I've always loved the library. I think it's a special place in any school. I mean, public libraries as well. Um, it's a place that you can f- you can explore your interests, um, get answers to all those questions that you're curious about, um, connect with others. Um, mm-hmm. There are so many wonderful things about the library. Um, I did start out as a teacher. Um, I studied education um, it, as in my bachelor's um, degree. Where'd you go? I, I, I went to Liberty University oh. in Virginia. <laughs> um, awesome. I know. Wait, why the
0: scrunched-up face for the <laughs> listener? She's got a scrunched-up face right now.
2: So it's a very conservative mm-hmm. um, school. Um, I received a scholarship there when I was um, nineteen, Free and, money. Yeah. and um, <laughs> I honestly I just had this this, um, kind of this restless spirit. I grew up here in Tacoma and I love Tacoma, but I really wanted to see other parts of the country mm-hmm. and other parts of the world. And um, a few of my friends um, took scholarships there as well. So I knew some people. Mm-hmm. Um, you my,
1: yeah.
2: my dad's side of the family, they're from Cuba mm-hmm. and I have a lot of family on the East Coast, particularly in Florida and New, Jer- New Jersey. And um, I kind of wanted to get to know them better too. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a good program for teachers mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted to get into education, so that's why I chose Liberty. Awesome. Um, but I, um, I love working with kids. I knew that um, as a teenager and chose to get into um, education, and then had a chance to go overseas and teach at an mm-hmm. orphanage in Guatemala. And then that's when I decided I wanted to um, major in English education. Mm-hmm. After I graduated, I went to Thailand um, with my new husband, and we... Wait,
0: where'd you pick up the husband
2: at? <laughs> <laughs> Along, he was Along a, the he way. He was one of the interpreters in uh, oh. it, on our trip to Guatemala. Romance. He was a student. He oh, was a student also. But you were okay. all So an international <laughs> student. Um, he's from Honduras, um, but he was on, on a scholarship as well at Liberty, and we got to know each other over that trip. Um we got married, moved to Thailand, and we were only going to be there for a year, mm-hmm. um, but we loved it so much we ended up staying for nine years. Um, That's a long time. I, It is. I started out as an elementary school teacher and then moved um, to the library when we moved back to Tacoma mm. um, in 2015.
1: Nice. So you've been in, working in a library, and then did you recently get you, – did you the endorsement for mm-hmm. a library? That's like an additional one in addition to teaching. Yes. So for folks who don't know, you have to have <laughs> these endorsements in order to teach certain things. So you have the library endorsement in addition to the, your teaching credentials. Yes.
2: So I have my master's in um, reading specialist. Oh, cool. Um, master's in education. And then I have my endorsement through Antioch University, oh, Seattle. Cool.
0: Nice. That's awesome. So I kind of want to bring up, go back to that question about decolonization or decolonizing your library. So we've been kind of hearing that a lot more in media and people. Yeah. I, I remember seeing a lot this summer. Um,
1: I saw a really great T-shirt that yes. was like a bookshelf and it had books on it, but it also had like flowers on it. And it said decolonize. <laughs> Wait, flowers? It. it was so pretty. I'll pull it up and show
2: you.
0: It's really Maybe good. Maybe that's why there's flowers. <laughs> so um, Kristen, what do you think about that question and what do you, what do you think that means to you?
2: Okay. So, um, you know, we kind of can pick apart that word decolonization, Um, but I would just say overall we need to make sure that um, when we find information that we consider the source as one of the most important um, aspects of choosing um, that source, um, that resource. And so um, when it comes to other – when it comes to authorship, Mm -hmm. we need to consider – what point of view that source is coming from mm-hmm. And so um, from a teacher librarian lens or from a school library lens um, it's important to recognize that when we select um, books um, we are selecting books from points of views of as many, um, Points of views exist. Okay, mm. so if we are endless, li- endless <laughs> thank you. What what I'm trying to say is, if we are selecting a book about um, Native American history, for example, yeah. we would want to make sure that it was written by. Um, a Native American individual, an Shocking. author. This is surprising <laughs> for uh, some people, I think.
0: Yeah, that the people most impacted by historical events actually have right. their voices represented and exactly. are sharing their stories.
2: Yeah, and so this is just a way to um, examine your own bookshelf. If you um, do have a book that fits into that category, um, maybe replace it with one that sh- that has an author um, who. I, I would venture to say, knows what he's talking about more, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, if you have, like, The Help,
1: which is written by a white author, mm-hmm. maybe you should consider instead something about, like, domestic work, like, black women's domestic work from the perspective of a mm-hmm. black woman. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Or yeah. diverse viewpoints means diverse. So, The Help yeah. is an excellent book. You could keep that. It's, but what, you it's could actually. could also add to it. Yeah. There you go. Right. Because what you had suggested. Right. Because so. I feel
1: like actually, I own that book and i actually enjoyed reading it but i did at the end i was like hmm maybe there's more right mm-hmm. like so it's like um not necessarily replace it entirely but augment right your collection with different
2: perspectives exactly nice. and you know we talk about in education teaching empathy mm. and um you know along that same lines but shifting over to maybe um more fiction mm-hmm. um I think from the school library lens and and the public library lens, making sure that the books that you promote and the books that you purchase and um, invest in are from diverse Mm -hmm. viewpoints Mm -hmm. and represent the students that you teach so that students can not only see themselves, Mm -hmm. but also um, experience the point of views of others who are different from them.
0: Yeah. So how do you find that – how do you see this work in action I guess mm-hmm. so have you seen it in our public libraries in the city how have you seen it and you came from a middle school background yeah. in elementary and now you're at high school so what are you see, what does this look like on the ground yes
2: so thank you for asking Hope I was Hoping you would ask me that. Um, hoping. Well, yes, that. thank you. Jokes. That was a good one. I liked it. So um, our department um, at Tacoma Public Schools is working on our focus this year is diversity. Our mm-hmm. focus is making sure what I just mentioned, mm-hmm. making sure that our collections reflect our students mm-hmm. um, and give diverse viewpoints. And so we, um, along this focus, have um, in support and um, financial and um, professional development support mm-hmm. we've received from um, Superintendent Santorno, um, we have professional ve- development for all of our teacher librarians across mm-hmm. the district offered to um, promote not only selection, but also, well, we call it weeding, but maybe you'd call it deselection of books in order to create a more robust and diverse collection in our libraries.
0: Mm -hmm. So why do you need professional development, do you think? Why is that a need?
2: Well, I think um, it's, we're always learning. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's difficult to be able to see beyond what you know and, Mm -hmm. um, especially if your degree is maybe decades old yeah. mm-hmm. um, this is a, a little bit more of a recent push mm-hmm. and um, something that's very timely and mm. very needed cool. um, I would say sometimes it's hard for um, for people to see white privilege as mm. it um, as it, is presented in books
0: mm-hmm. or Wait, implicit so bias. So how is it presented in okay. books then? White privilege. Break it down for us. <laughs> well. Because um, we agree with you in this room, right. in the studio. But, I mean, what, do you, so what does that look like? the example
2: that I just shared. Um, so, you know, if you look at history and yeah. the tendency um, for whites to be um, invested in ac- academically to mm-hmm. receive the highest form um Schools. I'm sorry. The highest education level. Yeah. Um, you know, this this reflects their um, economic status as well. So um, it's it makes sense that so many of our authors, especially in decades past, would be um, Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many books written mm-hmm. um, by white authors that w- we don't have. Um, that varied viewpoints um and so when especially particularly for nonfiction. Mm-hmm. so um fiction is obviously very important as well but um nonfiction, when we have authors who are writing about another group of people yeah. mm-hmm. and their points of views and their history mm-hmm. and their culture mm-hmm. and their mythology whatever what have you mm-hmm. um this is where i think white white this is an example of yeah. where white privilege yeah. pans out I'm
1: really glad that you brought that mm-hmm. up because I feel like we may have, have even talked about this on the podcast before but did I tell you about that book that I found at the library that was like all these myths of like powerful women in like different traditions and then it was like a white author collecting all these stories and then like interpreting them and she was like I felt this connection <laughs> with Pele and she's like this white lady from like San Diego and I'm like are you did you did you did you like it was, inten- it was, it was. She had a moment. She had a, a powerful moment, like, you know, an eat, like an eat pray love kind of moment. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, if you have a spiritual experience, that's really powerful and that's important. But also, but
2: also, yeah. Pele is amazing. Um, <laughs> I will say, you know, there is a human connection, and and that's what's so powerful about literature is that mm. you are able to put yourself. You know, I know not. You know you. It's harder to, I guess, um, see that wife privilege, though, too, when you are reading a book and you say, oh, I think I understand this person's point of view. Mm-hmm. You don't, but it does kind of give you a little glimpse mm-hmm. and it does help develop empathy and to to at least begin to recognize mm-hmm. that um, your, uh, the way people see you when yeah. you walk into a room yeah. or a store yeah. or the parking lot yeah. late at night yeah. might be... Is different from the character of this book that you had mm-hmm. just read, mm-hmm. and so I think if anything, it can open your eyes up, um, mm. and in all, in all, from all viewpoints. Mm-hmm. So not only do we we call literature a um, window and a yeah. mirror, right? Yeah, I'm glad you that up. So you yes. need to be able to see yourself, yep. but you also need to be able to look out into the world mm-hmm. um, and see others. So, yeah,
0: I was thinking about just even the fact that it's white privilege to be able to as a white person to see so many representations of myself in a text. Right. Mm -hmm. I can look around and, you know, see a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. um, And that that is a form of white privilege, I would argue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thanks for bringing up the windows and the mirrors piece, too. Um, I've done a little writing on that. I know some other folks. We've talked a little bit about that. That's cool on the show. So you said actually also reading diverse books. Teaches us. You had a, se- a second thing that you mentioned. So you said white privilege, and then what was the so other thing? So there is that...
2: implicit bias. Oh yeah, talk about um, that more, will you? Okay,
1: please, um, <laughs> please. So you're teaching, and I'm like, please, with so, tell me your question. Please.
2: So I mean, I guess that again, going back to that example, mm-hmm. um we don't always recognize our bias. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um so. Hope do you can you explain the difference between implicit and explicit (laughs) Yeah, well, I teacher outside
0: versus inside (laughs) right so explicit is like overt I always think of explicit lyrics right you know like swear words it's very obvious how they're feeling implicit are those things that are often like just ingrained in us and I teach culture is a theme for um, sophomores and so we're talking a lot right what we're doing right now actually the first few weeks of school really getting into like well what are the things that make up our beliefs and our behaviors Mm -hmm. which is what Right. how we define right. culture and so all those implicit things and it's really interesting and hard for kids too i think to realize all those implicit elements uh i do this like metaphor or analogy of a uh, iceberg you know yes. so what can you see it's just what gonna can't say it's like an see. iceberg it, it is like an iceberg the right. and then i have the kids talk about like their own version of that to kind of help make their own sense um and understanding um and so yeah i mean that's kind of like a good recap of that
2: right So, yeah, I guess I just wanted um, to—I didn't have, like, a one that stood out in my mind, but I love that picture. So, yeah, we—you know, if someone asked you, are you biased, you probably would say, no way. Right. Um, No. (laughs) No, I am not. (laughs) You, you have to be able to try to recognize those things, and that's why we need that extra training. Mm -hmm. Um, That's good, yeah. And I think teachers would— you know, benefit from it as well. We just can't always um, identify it on our own.
0: Yeah, we were just um, actually talking about that today with um, my junior class. We were talking about cultural biases mm-hmm. and our bias is even a problem, right? Mm-hmm. So when they are, when it starts to lead you to discriminate against somebody else, mm-hmm. to engaging in mm-hmm. some kind of ism, rather than yeah. just saying, you know what, I admit openly I am biased against country music, and when mm-hmm. Cheryl or Emily says, here, mm-hmm. listen to the song, automatically I'm like, no, I don't like that song. <laughs> right. But I have to like step past that. That's different than in me saying they're trash and so is their music. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I
2: also think about. I mean, um, if you've traveled, yeah, you you can see very easily that people believe that where they're from, yeah. or for their their country, or their neighborhood, or their area of the world is the best. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we're self-centered. <laughs> <laughs> we're naturally self-centered. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we think that. But um, literature. Specifically, And other forms of storytelling, film, for example, can really open up our eyes to the fact that there are other ways of life and they're not necessarily mm-hmm. – um, you're not necessarily better or the way you were raised, where you were raised aren't necessarily better. Yeah, um, There's just different, mm. right?
0: Diverse. So you've kind of taken this on, I mean, as part of the district initiative, but also mm-hmm. it kind of fits with who you are, right, and what you care about? I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, can you talk a little bit bit more about, like, I know you've gotten heavily involved in Project Lit. Mm -hmm. And, like, what does this look like for Tacoma Public Schools, teenagers, and specifically at Lincoln? And we'll talk a little bit more later about, like, how people can get involved. What but is
2: Project Lit?
0: Thank yeah. Thank you. And why are you uh, so into it? Thank
2: you for asking. So <laughs> it's a it's a national movement. It's not something that I started. It's something that I joined the bad wagon for. So basically, um, it's out of Nashville, Tennessee, and it was um, started by um, an English high school English teacher hey. um, nice. <laughs> named Jared Amato, who um, was inspired after he read an article, I'd be happy to share with you, um, about book deserts mm. and so um, as the name kind of implies there are areas where finding books at least quality mm. books is is very difficult yep. yeah. um or there's obstacles to the the storehouses for the books let's say you have a fine at the public mm-hmm. library so you avoid it and um or your school library has older books, they haven't been funded in years, mm-hmm. and there's just nothing in there that interests you, mm-hmm. or nothing where you see yourself, or where the language is natural mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. something that kind of speaks to you, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. So um, that's what would be considered a book desert. I'm sure there's a better definition of that's that. Good. But he. Um, Kind of recognized that the books that were part of his curriculum that he was assigning students just was not lighting the fire, was mm-hmm. not getting discussion going as he was hoping. The writing wasn't good. There was no kind of um, – it was kind of like pulling teeth, getting kids to mm-hmm. try to read these novels. Mm-hmm. And the truth is the novels, um, whether they're categorized as classics, but mm-hmm. they were written decades before these students were ever born, if not – longer than that um, <laughs> and to be
0: honest let's yeah. just say it how it is classics tend to be white male so yeah. it's very interesting and I mean having a English weird, background I just had weird
1: flashbacks <laughs> to reading The Scarlet Letter Canonical in high school text. and yeah I mean which is fantastically written but it's yeah. beautifully written and it's yeah. like the
0: story is really compelling but but also, well, and to your yeah. point, like that's what was happening in society. But that's also who we said had power and voice, and who we cared about, like what and mattered, so, what mattered, yeah. right? Who got so published or who, who got, were educated, yeah. right. Right. And so all the women and all the people of color and everybody and else. Nathaniel
1: Hawthorne, yeah, white. What about him? He's white. Was he's dead. <laughs>
0: I will will say that (laughs) that is,
2: but then again, um, as a school librarian, as a teacher, we we have to think about our audience, right? Right. We have to think about the students. And um, this is a a little bit aside from curriculum because this is more of a Mm. – encouraging students to read high-quality, culturally relevant books Mm -hmm. from um, authors of every color Mm -hmm. but and uh, main characters of every color. But it definitely promotes um, books that are written by diverse authors um, as those are the ones that are highlighted and um, they are—I mean, what you select should represent your student Mm -hmm. body, right? Mm -hmm. So um, he— They started out... doing um, book drives, mm. and they re- they realized that they kind of got everybody's
0: cast-offs.
3: Yeah. As mm. People thankful... were like, I hate this Nathaniel <laughs> Hawthorne
0: <laughs>
2: book. Take it. Be gone. Like, I'm mad at Withering Heights.
0: Here you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: As thankful as they were for um, the books they were given, they realized this wasn't really meeting what mm. they were hoping yep. to achieve. And so they started being more specific about books that they wanted, started mm. using Donors Choose to create um, lists of books that... Um, were culturally diverse, new, mm-hmm. um, written by the authors that they were that they liked, um, and so students really started getting behind it as they mm-hmm. as the books started pouring in, and then um, it became this movement mm-hmm. at their school that really gained a lot of momentum, and um, the the main, I guess, goal is to empower students as readers and leaders in their school and in their community. Mm -hmm. Um, And so
0: flooding— Can books do that, though? Yeah. Can books really (laughs) empower people and help
2: them? I think (laughs) that—yes. I absolutely think that they can. (laughs) For all the same reasons that we just kind of talked about. But, you know, there's nothing like connecting over shared interests. Mm, And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting kids to really connect with—even if it is a fictional character— Um, Seeing themselves and or just understanding another person's point of view and then being able to have an opportunity to talk about that Mm -hmm. experience Mm -hmm. is really powerful if anybody's ever been part of a book club and experienced
0: that. Um, So part of this is creating book clubs or book club type spaces Mm -hmm. for... High schoolers, right?
2: Yeah, it's hoping to create a community. Mm -hmm. Um, It is centered around the students being leaders Mm -hmm. um, and readers, but um, it seeks to bring in the community to rally around and to support the students as well. And so not just monetarily, but also um, as partners, Mm -hmm. um, inviting the community in, much like um, Lincoln's readers Mm -hmm. does, and just um, making it. So that everybody feels like they're a part of it Mm -hmm. in some way, Mm -hmm. in some way of supporting it, like I said, rather financially or being a part of the book club. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, they took it a step further where they would have, you know, the delightful little little libraries that we have around Tacoma, mm-hmm. instead of those kind of birdhouse looking boxes, they recycled old um, newspaper receptacles oh, um, and put them all nice. around, spray painted them, project lit. And then when they um, got excess amounts of books, they would share that. So oh, anybody, awesome. anybody from any... Yeah walk of life um walking down the street like grab a book and so it really um incorporated the whole um city Mm. but um it grew past that and so now it's a national movement in all almost all states i believe Mm. um somewhere around 250 teachers um teacher librarians um community members are heading these up and really promoting this love and so um there are um, lots of resources and um There's weekly chats on Mm -hmm. um, Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea is to put the students as leaders Mm -hmm. so that they're the ones spreading the word to their Mm -hmm. friends. They're the ones Mm -hmm. um, spreading the word to family and friends and community members to gather support. Um, And so it's more of a... The the teacher helps facilitate Mm and helps provide a space and is a connector and also reads and participates. But the students are the ones who are really kind of the stars and who benefit.
0: So, what's that look like for um, Lincoln's Project Like, yeah, bo- are we at, like Book like, Club? Yeah, we We got some super cool things coming up. We'd love you to know, hear about thanks it. Thanks yeah. to the
2: leaders in our library um, program, Susanna Panter, and particularly um, our superintendent, Santorno.
0: Shout out. She doesn't listen to the show, but I'm going to shout but her hey, out anyway I mean, there. Yeah. Shout Just out. Just put it out <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> She'll we feel can, it.
2: We can thank them as well as our library leadership team. But because this is our focus, um, we have access to um, some really great opportunities, including one of our Project Lit authors, who's coming to Tacoma.
0: Talk about it. Yes. When?
2: His name is Kwame Alexander. He is a an award-winning um, poet and author. Um, he's won the Coretta Scott King Award, um, the prestigious Newbery Award. Hey. Um, he is most famous, I'd say, for the book The Crossover, which is the winner of the Newbery Award. But... What's so great about him and his work is he's very unique. Um, it appeals, I want to say, to almost all readers because the format is not as intimidating, if you will, yeah. when it comes to um, his—it's not a novel with, you know, 250, 300 words on a page. There, It's free verse. Mm-hmm. So if you look mm-hmm. at it, it's a little less intimidating to um, readers, and it's— um, it's playful and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It reads almost like music lyrics. Huh. Um, there's a rhythm to it. And the subject matter is almost always a high school student or okay. um, or a middle school student who is a student athlete. Cool. And so that kind of has a neat little niche. Mm -hmm. Um, We need
0: more books about that, actually, because I'm always like, okay, what am I going to give my library? So the public
2: library has all of his books, our Tacoma Public Library. Nice. That's Um, awesome. A lot of our school libraries um, do. And we've promoted his books through um, a competition called The Battle of the Books, which is a very popular competition in our middle school. Mm. And um, we are hosting him at Urban Grace. Awesome. Um on October fifteenth nice. uh, at seven PM. It's open to the public. It's a free event. That's awesome. How can they
0: get tickets or find or like R S V P do they need to?
2: Um on Our podcast website. There will be a link to paper, Mm -hmm. paper, brown paper tickets. I sure, yeah, we can put it on the show notes. Um, It's free and just reserves your spot. Um, And is there like if someone wants
0: to look on Facebook as well if they don't like going to the show notes? So
2: the our Tacoma Public Schools um, should be coming out very soon with um, that information. I I I believe on their social media, but um, on their website as well. And if you'd like to support Project Lit— Yeah, how can people support um, you? One way would be um, to—we always have a campaign going on um, to generate um, materials for our students. Um, We're looking for businesses in Mm -hmm. our community to support us in small and big ways. Um, We would love community members to um, participate— Financially to support us, as well as um, promote the books that we're reading, Mm -hmm. um, whether that's tagging, project lit com. short for project lit community um, and posting about it on social media yeah. so we can spread the word about the yeah. community
0: so you've had a couple donations um, given so far do you yes. want to shout out a couple of those things like sure. what does that look like in some of the donations that people have so I'm um, obviously
2: so thrilled because we were able to get so far um, about 200 copies of books to be used at Lincoln um, available to other public libraries as well when cool. we're done reading them but this month we're reading Reading um a really phenomenal book that I know hope has read called The Hate You Give. It's so
0: good. It's so yes. good. And Annie too. Yeah,
1: and there's um, been, we've the had really book club good. on it for Nerd
0: Farm Reads. Yeah. So I'll well link to that in the show notes. I yes. read
1: it last summer because you told me to. And then yep. I okay. was like, wow, this book's so good. Okay, go so ahead. So it's
2: such a good book. It and is. I'm and I'm so excited that we were able to select it for our first book club because students have been checking it out. Um like Wildfire, I'm. I almost don't have
0: enough. Yes, left. That's and so so, great. so, so <laughs> people want to donate more books. They could. Yes, absolutely. How can they get a hold of you to do that? So
2: I'll. I'd love to provide that link on right. your website. Yeah. And then do you want to um, say
0: your email or.
2: Yeah. So my email um, is a little long, but it's K Sierra one at Tacoma dot K twelve Um, you can connect with me there, and I I'd be happy to respond to you personally um as well as provide the links on the website um i hope yeah i hope that more people will come out to the author visit so that we could potentially have this as a consistent um yeah Yeah. opportunity for potentially
0: several times a year could be in real life right there's
2: there's so many ways to connect with authors um students can write emails to authors um fan fiction or fan art is really Mm -hmm. popular Mm -hmm. um One way that I love to connect with authors that is a little bit more um, financially frugal, I guess you could say, (laughs) than flying them out and um, having them come to to Tacoma is using Skype. And so many authors are willing to connect with their readers through Skype. Sometimes they'll have a fee. Other times they'll do this for free. But that's another really great resource that teachers and teacher librarians can harness. Yeah.
1: I had had an interesting experience that I can— verify that authors like to talk to youths is when i taught the last school that i was at before lincoln i had a student who was doing a project about native american fishing rights and he was writing like, writing an essay and doing all this big project and this um essay that he found online the author i think it was a professor at uw he was like i want to talk to this guy but I don't think that I can call him. And I was like, why not? And he's like, because he's like important. He like wrote this book and like, he's important. Mm-hmm. I was like, and he wrote this article and I like really respect him. And I'm like, we should try to call him. And so then he finally did. And for kids, that's so empowering. Yeah. Like to be able to talk to somebody, especially if they've written something that they really respect, it's like such a cool thing. So, that's right. really awesome
2: authors are humans and I mean I think anybody who spends the majority of their time on something to mm-hmm. have another person say I loved this it really meant a lot to me or yeah. it changed my life um, yeah. it made me see a different perspective like that means so much yeah, to awesome. authors yeah. and well, it really is a powerful thing to connect um, students with the creators of the books mm-hmm.
0: that absolutely yeah. uh, sorry to interrupt let's take a quick break Sounds and we'll good. come back and talk more about this
3: okay Hi, this is Jenny Jacobs, host of the Citizen Tacoma podcast. As a 2001 alum, I'm excited to announce that Pacific Lutheran University has joined us as a sponsor of Channel 253. At PLU, I had amazing experiences, both in the classroom and out of it. Thanks to PLU, I studied abroad in Costa Rica and was involved in numerous theater productions, experiences that shaped who I am today. Part of PLU's mission is to educate for lives of service, and I am proud to have received an education that was focused on how I could give back to my community. Something new PLU has offered to make it easier for students to give back is the PLU pledge. Here's the pledge PLU makes to new undergraduate students. If, after you graduate, you have a full-time job but it makes less than $40,000 per year, PLU will help you make your loan payments. So if you want to fight to make the world a better place, but your paycheck just isn't where it needs to be yet, PLU will step in and help. This is huge and an amazing way that PLU shows their dedication to service. If you're starting the college search for yourself or a high school student, learn more at plu.edu slash PLU pledge because student debt shouldn't stand in the way of changing the world.
0: And we're back. We're back. So um, you mentioned being able to get authors to come and visit and talk with kids uh, via Skype. I actually was wondering if you'd be willing to tell us about that one time when you pestered Jason Reynolds um, <laughs> to talk with your students because I absolutely love that story.
2: I, I would love to <laughs> I love that story, too, and I will tell it to anybody who asks. But, so um, what happened? <laughs> okay. So um, I mentioned the Battle of the Books competition. Um, we The students were so excited um, to meet um, – we Skyped with an author named um, Steve Shankin. I should probably start that way. He was our first author that we Skyped with. He um, writes primarily nonfiction, mm-hmm. and he wrote this really great book called um, Jim Carlisle and the—I'm um, sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> Jim Thorpe and the Carlisle Indians about the history of um, football, and mm-hmm. it's kind of—it um, was a really popular book. And after that experience, I thought, why don't I connect— my students with all of the authors of the books that, yeah. in this competition, especially the ones they're most excited about. And so, um, Jason Reynolds' book, Ghost, was one of our most popular books in the mm. competition. And him being such a, like you mentioned, such a famous star, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I'm never gonna hear back. He'll never get back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's <no> so <laughs> busy. He's on. Um, he's, he's fancy. On he's, yeah. Morning shows. He's being yeah. interviewed by the New York Times. Like, yeah. there's no way. But I emailed all of the authors and or connected with them on Twitter, which, which is a great way to connect with famous people. Good. Sometimes they Good. reply. Yeah. So they yeah. Yeah. So, um,
0: You're like, at Jason Reynolds. Exactly.
2: <laughs> hey, we want to meet you. At and then Beyonce. Maybe
0: you can hang out with me after <laughs> yeah. the show. No, okay. You anyway, should do that. Side note.
2: You will be there. Um, so uh, I emailed all of them. Um, I heard back from Every single one of them, That's either so directly great. from the author or from their assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they got so many emails, so a lot of them have to hire assistants. So I heard back from his, his assistant, um, Candace, and she said that he would love to meet us, and he. she told me the fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I I wasn't using, using donors choose, and I had a very limited school um, budget for books, and I just which couldn't basically justify. means nothing
0: because we don't <laughs> we are, have a lot of budget. We are drastically
2: <laughs> underfunded, and we can circle back to that in a minute. But basically, um, long story short, um, we tried to raise money, um, the students and I, by um, selling popcorn for fifty cents a bag, <laughs> and better. we raised some money. But I, I thought it would be. Nice to send him updates, and so I sent emails. Um, and I posted this really on sweet. I really Twitter like this story. some pictures of the middle schoolers, but it's such <laughs> a like pull on your heartstrings. <laughs> like <laughs> and it and, and, and the so said, We want to meet, help us meet Jason Reynolds. <laughs> And he wrote back the next day and said he would do it for free. It Aww. worked. It worked. And it was yeah. It That's was so, so nice. great. And so um, that was like October, and his schedule wasn't open until May. Yeah. So wow. that tells you how busy he was. But that was fine, and I took yeah. him up on the date that he suggested, and um, we invited any kid who wanted to come. We packed out yeah, the cafeteria. The kids got to ask him their own questions that's great and he was just phenomenal he told us about his brand new book which just won the national book award um, called the long way down Mm -hmm. yeah that's great i love that story
0: So we have a couple of ridiculous questions to ask you, but (laughs) before we do, um, I just want to reemphasize, if you're listening and you're kind of like, okay, what can I do? So we have a lot of amazing people who are in our audience here who listen to the show. Yeah. So one, obviously, thanks for listening to the show. But two, I mean, what can people here in Tacoma, or we have some listeners who don't live in Tacoma, what can they do to help contribute to the work that you're doing to help bring more diverse authors, more Mm -hmm. authors of color, whatever we want to say that's like part of helping our students see themselves in the literature? What are some concrete things they can do?
2: So several things come to mind. I'll mention maybe about three of them. Okay. So I would say um, connect with your local librarian. If you have kids in school, um, visit, uh, ask them specifically what their needs might be. Mm-hmm. They might have an Amazon wish list, mm-hmm. they might have a wish list on Follett, which is um, what we typically order, a uh, company we typically order from. Um, just connect with them. Um, I, I think any librarian would be thrilled to hear Mm -hmm. from a parent or community member who wants to support them. Mm -hmm. Um, Librarians work tirelessly Mm -hmm. to connect, support teachers, Mm -hmm. connect with their community, connect with parents and students. Um, And so the list of needs are great. Um, And because this is a push specifically in Tacoma, I'm sure that a lot of those needs would coincide with Promoting diversity. Um, another thing is our public library responds very actively to requests. Mm-hmm. And so, um, do some research on books that you would like to see in your library, mm-hmm. and then if you just go to the to their website, you can request a book. They almost always get them and so if they're getting these requests constantly they're going to be stocking their library and supporting these authors and and then that in turn will promote them Mm -hmm. students will be reading them more and the demand will get higher great idea um that's great so and the more you are a patron at your public library or Mm -hmm. the more that you um Promote reading, um, the love of reading, talk mm-hmm. about books. Not If you're a teacher, mm-hmm. talk, tell your students what you're reading, why you like it or don't mm-hmm. like it. Um, oftentimes we hear kids say, I don't like to read. I'm mm-hmm. not yeah. a reader. So there are ways to help those kids. And I think... Just like with anything, talking about it, mm-hmm. talking about their interests. Um, what kind of movies do you like? Because mm-hmm. yeah. typically, um, kids love movies. Yeah. And if they like scary movies, there are scary books. There are horror. Yeah. There's mystery. Yeah. There's right. suspense. Um, if they like comedies, there's yeah. there are humorous books. I and- had a
1: student today who was reading a graphic novel. I think it's his choice book for English class, and he said, "I really like graphic novels." but I don't like this one. And so we were talking about, like, what he might like to read, and I realized that, like, how important that is just to, like, engage with students about what they're yeah. reading because, I mean, I even did that, like, just, I don't know, just if I see a book on their desk, just asking them about it. Mm-hmm. And so by doing that, like, teachers are modeling mm-hmm. good yeah. reading habits and um, – those kind of like thoughtfulness about books, mm-hmm. right. so that's such good advice.
2: Um, one other thing, and what we said a lot um, in recent weeks is communicate with mm-hmm. your school board, communicate with your superintendent, mm. come to school board meetings and talk about your support for libraries, your yeah. support for librarians. Um, that it, you know, your voice will be heard on those platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it sounds like that's had an impact because you were saying that. Through the,
1: um, the kind of district support of the libraries, that you're getting new books in the libraries.
2: Yes, we we are underfunded, but there is because this is a focus mm-hmm. that um, we believed and that the that our superintendent believed is a Direction that mm-hmm. our district wanted to go, and because we were able to provide data that less than two percent of our fiction characters have uh, that our fiction collections mm-hmm. across the district have main characters in them that are non white, two percent. What less are you serious? Two percent that based on okay, data I've been so waiting for gathered... you to shame
0: bell all, all, Ring all it. class period, Ring I mean, it. all episodes, <laughs> all class period, shame, <laughs> poor shame, two percent. I'm not horrible. even sh- I'm shocked because I'm not. Not shocked, but I'm also like, "What the heck?" Shocked. Whoa. So
1: I feel spoiled because I feel like my public, my branch and my public library. You look at the even the librarians' choice books, and you're like, "That's a pretty diverse, like mix." Like, wow,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. that's nuts. So yeah, I'll repeat that. Um, after we did a diversity audit of our collections, um, we found that. Um, the audit shows that less than 2% of our fiction collections have main characters in them that are non-white. So we're not even talking about authors of color either. Right, yeah. But um, we are underfunded. And a typical brand-new library book mm-hmm. costs about $20. Mm-hmm. And so supporting our book fairs, um, we're going to have a fundraiser with Milgard to put more diverse books into our collection. When is that fundraiser? That's awesome. So that's coming up in another link that I'd be able to provide Perfect. for you okay. with information um, please
0: go to the show notes. Please click on those links. Yeah. Please, please share with your friends and contribute in uh, any way it matters a small way, a big way. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, really helpful. And that's please great.
2: come to the Kwame Alexander event.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. What day is that, Annie? I heard that it's October 15th and that you can go on brown paper tickets and the tickets are free.
0: You yes. just have to reserve a spot. Did yes. I get yes. it right? Okay. That's right. Go yes. with your friends beforehand. Go with your friends afterhand. Awesome. Afterhand. Afterhand. afterhand.
2: <laughs> I like that's new, afterhand. <laughs> yeah. You'll beforehand. be able to afterhand. buy the author's new book. You'll be able to that's meet awesome. him, get his perfect get him to sign your book and i have been
1: to a book talk at urban grace before and that venue is really cool like it's a great place mm-hmm. for book talks because the acoustics are good and um everybody there is friendly so you should go it's not scary yeah.
0: okay mm-hmm. uh for a couple of the less serious questions yeah uh, thinking back in your repertoire of books uh what is a what is one of the worst books you've ever read
2: <laughs> me yeah oh my god Goodness, there,
0: I mean, there's so many. But.
2: Like one that you had to put down because you were like, Mm-mm. So I, I know this is considered a classic and I might yes. get some booze. I love it. Okay. But I could not even get through Moby Dick. Oh, my gosh. The
0: worst. <laughs> I'm going to get... Like, Nate's going to be so mad when I get home or he listens to this episode. If he makes it to the end of this episode. Why not? Oh, I just So much could, whales. I, <laughs> so much whales.
2: I couldn't get into it. I, you know, I like fiction. Yeah. Um, and I respect... <laughs> I respect the book, um, but I couldn't get into it. I the language didn't speak to me. Yeah. I just kept trying and trying, and I finally I gave up. I was like, I I've can't tried to read, read the book, book
0: like nine times. I've taken it on summer trips. I'm like, maybe if I read it on a beach maybe in, I'll Mexico, try it in Mexico, in <laughs> Mexico, maybe, yeah, maybe I'll if I try it on an airplane, maybe at a conference, yeah, maybe <laughs>
1: maybe I'll read it somewhere I don't have Wi-Fi. Yeah. Like, it'll be fine. I, I even got, got the audio book,
0: and I was like, I'm going on a long road trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to finish this book. You couldn't yeah. do the audio book. <laughs> you're like, forget
2: it. No way. Oh yeah. Oh man. How about you guys? You have to tell yours. You know
1: now. what? I've actually never attempted Moby Dick. Now I feel like I should just for the challenge. <laughs> it's your Moby Dick. is my joke. Like, hey, oh, <laughs> hey, jokes. The white whale that I'm yeah, chasing. Right. It's a metaphor. Yeah. I um I don't know. That's a really hard one because I usually if I don't if I really don't like something I won't finish it mm-hmm. and so like if I pick something up and I'm like maybe that book about about the uh, the myths told from the
0: perspective of a white lady vision quest that was a little <laughs> weird. Um, I'm not sure. I really don't know. I read I'm not this sure. awful book once that was given to me by a very nice lady mm-hmm. and the only reason i finished it is because um she gave it to me and i was like oh i should you know like talk to her about it yeah but it was just like a combination of bad romance mixed with like really oh. bad like sci-fi vampires yeah. or werewolves but i actually like that genre but like it was a bad combination of them yeah. and i was like this book is trash and i was kind of hiding it on the i was reading on the airplane yeah. and i was kind of like hiding it because i was a little embarrassed because it had like one of those like <laughs> <Yeah>. trashy covers
1: <laughs> i didn't even you know i didn't even think about that because Romance novels are, like, they're very formulaic, so you kind of know, like, where the story is going to go before it goes there. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, like, they're so—like, romance novels are, like, all by form kind of bad. Yeah.
2: Well, I think that as teachers and, you know, I mean, parents are just having conversations with young people about yeah. books. I think that's really a good thing to admit, just saying, yeah. you know— um, it's okay. Like yeah. you need to find the type of book or the the book that's right for you. And if this doesn't fit, let's turn it back in yeah. or um, put it aside and give it away to somebody else. And let's find one that that speaks to you. Yeah. And then let's find more like that mm-hmm. so that yeah. you can keep on reading. Yeah. So
0: unfortunately, right. there's like algorithms that can also help you with that and it systems true. programs which is accurate. Nice. Um, so thinking about that, I know you read constantly. What is one of the mm-hmm. best books you've read in the last I don't know, two months? Okay.
2: Um, I want to say (laughs) uh, a Project Lit book because I've read so many great ones lately. Um, So... There is one called Allegedly, and it's by Mm -hmm. Tiffany D. Jackson.
0: That's a great title, Allegedly. Um, Mm -hmm. It
2: is fantastically dark and twisted, which isn't typically my cup of tea, but it was unputdownable, so um, kind of one of those unreliable narrator type Mm -hmm. things where you love her and you want her to be... um, you want everything that she's saying to be true, but yeah. you're just not quite sure you know, because something's not adding up. Yeah. And I love all the dar- the twists and turns. Sounds um, suspense.
0: It sounds like yeah. a better version of Catcher in the Rye. Unreliable <laughs> <laughs> no, no oh, narrators. Mm. That's T- awesome. Touche. So we have a segment of the show called Guilty Favesies. Guilty Favesies.
1: Oh. Interchangeable.
0: White right, ladies. So in this uh, segment, basically you confess to loving something that you also know is horrific. So for example, oh, okay. I'm gonna go ahead and admit. Um, in I a lot of my confessions and guilty favesies have to be food related or cooking related. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of my guilty favesies I've confessed before on the show was about expensive vinegars. Mm. And so, what I'd like to confess today is fancy spices. I get real sucked into those like cute mm. little shops. Like, I can think of it oh, uh, yeah. when I went to New Orleans multiple times, mm. and like, there's a little shop, and it's like, look at this weird steak yeah. mix that has juniper and hot dogs and whatever else <laughs> in it or whatever. And I'm like, ooh, and that's essence, interesting. Essence of hot dog. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Nine dollars, and then I leave, and then I come yeah. back, and then I leave, and then I come back, yeah. and then I taste it, and then I try to decide. So that's awesome. One of my guilty. Isn't faces.
1: there? There used to be a place, is not it? Ubiquitous Journey. They used to have spices over on Six F. Oh. Doug, oh, okay. can you throw a good thing? Ubiquitous Journey. That's what
0: it's called. <laughs> it's I don't so know what to tell. Too much. They have bulk spices. Shame on that name. No. But, I'll go, but I'll go get their I'll go uh, get their spices. You though. need to go check, check out it.
1: I don't I think I think they're still there. I, I heard you. What are your guilty faves? Well listen, I really like office supplies a lot and my my guilty favesy is like just spending too much money on office supplies and like for myself, for my classroom, for my life, like I have like pens in my cup holder in my car. Like I just can't I cannot stop. And it's like nice office supplies like that are too much. I definitely They're have like an apple shaped
0: little file thing that's completely unnecessary because it's yeah. so small and miniature that yeah. really can't hold very many like no. thumbtacks or whatever. Right. But it's a cute but little But it's apple so cute. Shape. And it's you know so what great. I realized something when I was at cute. the store the
1: other day? I saw a multi-pack of Sharpies and it was like $31 and I was at Target and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I thought about it. I didn't buy it because I was like 30 Sharpies are like candy for teachers. Seriously. <laughs> so great and kids are like, can I borrow one to write my name on my comp notebook? I'm like, no. yeah, you can write it right here in front of me <laughs> and give me my pen back. Right,
2: absolutely. They will <laughs> disappear. So fast. So I have a lot. I have a lot. But <laughs> I'm going to share one because it, it it makes me a huge hypocrite. Okay? Cool. So Get it. I am those. <laughs> ser- I'm very serious about my sources, especially when it comes to um, news and things like oh, that. Yeah. So you need to consider the source when you gather news. However, I love Magazines like People (laughs) Magazine. Nice. And other types of magazines that talk about the lives of celebrities. And I know it's terrible because it's all junk and a lot of it isn't true. A lot of it is not a primary resource. It's not like an (laughs) interview. I mean, People Magazine might not be like a great example, but you know, it's like that box up. Mags. Okay, like it's, I typically don't spend my money on them yeah. but I will check them out from the library I will spend steal them from your doctor's at...
1: office just you
2: oh yes I will spend that's a good idea yeah. I never thought nail, of that.
0: nail salon, nail I, will salon. Sp-
2: I will spend time looking at all the pictures reading all the articles and talking about it later and yeah I, I mean, I'm not as bad so now, really. but I, I used to be kind of the go-to person for, for info. what's going on with Brandon Angelina. <laughs> yeah, or what, Did you read about that? And so that is kind of a guilty pleasure <laughs> for me.
0: Um, I'm so excited now I there's feel someone else. That. That some <laughs> yeah, existence. that's so great. All right, final segment. Do your fudging homework.
1: Interchangeable. White
0: ladies. So, in this segment, we recommend something that you should do. And so, one of the things I want to challenge listeners to do is think about what it means to decolonize your own bookshelves. So, Maybe this is a, a electronic bookshelf, right, in your Goodreads selection or in your audiobooks, or maybe it's a physical bookshelf that you have in your house or that you aspire to having. Look at it. Who are the people on your bookshelf? Do they all look the same? Do they all represent the same kinds of story? Are they writing about a story that's not really their own story? And so, challenge yourself to kind of look through that, weed through that, find some other authors. Go back to our show notes, get some ideas from that. I'm also going to link um, to an article I found on how to build a personal library that is um, quote unquote decolonized and just ha- Reflects more of what the world um, looks like.
1: Yeah. I think my homework, um, I actually, that shirt I was talking about earlier, the one with the flowers in the bookshelf, it actually was decolonize your syllabus. Yeah. So I mm. would challenge teachers to think about the kind of um, information you're putting in front of your students, where it comes from, the sources. Um, you know, we, even some of the sources that are like, the lesser known stories of people, like we think about, like even Howard Zinn, but Howard Zinn's also a white guy. So, like, mm-hmm. like where you know, it's good that he's um, he's done all this like incredible work of like um, telling people's stories that are unheard, but also like can we find stories that are told by the people who lived those experiences? Yeah, mm-hmm, um, so, yeah, kind of digging into you know the sources that Zinn uses to like like how do we get to the to the source, right? Um, and that's kind of just like, yeah, I also feel like go to your library because public library or support your school library. This has come up several times in this episode, but I feel like it's really important. Like, I go to the public library every Sunday and like wow. it's like I love it. It's like my it's my <laughs> place, you know, but I mean, if you don't just make it a habit. Mm-hmm. Just put it on your calendar because if you're not going, you don't know what's available and you you know it's a great resource for you but also for the community and if you support it, you even in King County, like you can buy like the friends of the library books and all the all of the proceeds go to your support your mm-hmm. library. So, also, keep books a little too long and then pay your fines because you know what they do with that money? <laughs> Buy more books. Buy more books. Mm-hmm. That's uh, true. Kristen,
2: homework? So can homework be something that you already have to do? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Absolutely. So right now I'm working diligently with um, Ms. Talaga, uh, the library secretary at Lincoln, to decolonize our bookshelves and mm-hmm. to weed out books that are just old, uninteresting, or just plain and simple bias problematic Um, so we are getting rid of books left and right um but then this is creating room um Mm -hmm. for more books so another thing is just creating these wish lists and then as soon as i'm asked send the link to anybody and everybody who's willing to support and help us fill up those um empty shelves or emptying shelves with new books that appeal to students books that are going to be in the hands of students Mm -hmm. um and I'm thankful because I feel like Lincoln students have uh, really welcomed me and who are very excited about some of the new books we've been getting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just really encouraging. Um, and then also just I love to connect people to other people and to other resources. So continuing to reach out to my own professional community and mm-hmm. – um, to let everybody know and feel included when it comes to these different events, um, to share things that I've been doing that have been successful so that they might also at least know about the resources Mm -hmm. so that they could implement them too. Um, Sometimes it's hard to come up with ideas, but when you get those ideas, Mm -hmm. you can then say, okay, well, how did you do that? So, yeah, just continuing to reach out and to also take – advice too, Mm -hmm. because I'm new to Lincoln and I don't always know all the processes or what might be best for the students there. But teachers Mm -hmm. who've been there a while can say, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a tendency or this is something I've noticed Mm -hmm. in my years here. So just being able to take that constructive and positive criticism to heart yeah. and to implement
1: I think that's great advice for all educators in our mm-hmm. community too like just be willing to grow
0: right that's yeah. awesome good advice so before we wrap up we have one special announcement since yeah, we're talking so about excited. books we're super excited Yay. to announce this so we've been a little bit resistant to having a book club through IWL that's true. even though a lot of people have said you should have a book club that's true yeah um, accurate <laughs> so finally we decided to do it and so we're going to do that this fall and we're going to read Together, white fragility. So while this book is written by a white woman, Robin and, D'Angelo, and it's not exactly like decolonizing our own bookshelves, we think it's a great place to start. Um, a lot of our listeners have read it, but a lot of you have it kind of on the back yeah. burner, back bookshelf yeah. in terms of whether or not you're going to read it. Burn it. <laughs> and so please go ahead and get a copy of White Fragility. You can pick it up from your public library. Support your public library. You can also get a copy at King's Books. And we're going to use two hashtags. We're going to use the hashtag IWL Reads and also hashtag. hashtag. Hashtag read less basic. So you've got about a month and a half to get your book on and to read it and to post your comments using those hashtags.
1: Um, And also... There was something else I was going to say. Oh, about just about Robin D'Angelo being white. That um, her whole thing is like, it's the work of white people to um, address racism. So um, don't shy away from it because you're like, it's a white lady writing about race. But she she has some really pretty great, as a sociologist, some pretty great insights into her own journey and then like how to be less basic. So
2: it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. It's good Thanks book. again, Carson. And uh, Considering the source, she has a PhD in this topic. There she you does. Right? Yeah, she's
1: like, yeah, she's. <laughs>
0: she's <laughs> I love her like Brilliant. sources. <laughs> yeah. All right. Super thank smart. you so much thank for Thank you. On the show. Yeah. Bye. Bye. The Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Listen to our other podcasts like Move to Tacoma, Citizen Tacoma, Nerd Farmer, Crossing Division, Taco Man, and Flounders B Team.
1: And please support Channel 253 with a monthly or annual membership at channel253.com. I'm a little nervous about this. It'll be totally fine. We're very. we treat it a lot like we're having a conversation, okay. so it's less intimidating. So um, Yeah, just pretend the mic's yeah. not yours. They're goofballs. They're Don't worry about it. We're
2: serious goofballs. This is so stinking cool.
1: Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We fly buy Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. This is Channel
3: 253.